0: the game for the Packers, and welcome in to the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Blanton, and Travis Masterson has abandoned us. So you know what that means? Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! We're just going to roll with it by ourselves. This will be a solo show. All good, guys. I've got the... Talent, I've got all the stats and football backup that we're going to need for this week's episode. So let's just jump into it. Monday Night Football just completed a few hours ago. I'm recording this Monday night. The Packers have defeated the Lions 35-17. to And look, in the first half, it, it appeared like a game. You know, it looked like the Lions actually knew how to play football and they were going to compete and then i was wrong and then the packers actually looked like they're a competent football team it's like it's like a demo version of a football team you know you're not supposed it's like the it's like the before the game is actually out you know they send you the demo or how it, they used to send you a demo of the game i feel like that's what it's like with the green bay packers right now because look I don't think they're at their full capacity, even though they won pretty handily against the Lions. We, I think we all expected that. And even looking at Aaron Rodgers' numbers, he looked, you know, on paper to be sharp. You know, he completed a high percentage of his passes. You know, I think he only missed five passes. No interceptions. He threw four touchdowns. But if you really dive into those numbers, and let's let's kind of get into where those touchdowns came from, it's three of them were red zone, you know, dump-offs to Aaron Jones, and he took them in. He did have one nice you know, long arcing throw to Robert Tunyon landed in the end zone. That was a nice play, but overall the green Bay Packers offense kind of looked a little clunky. If not for the fact that Detroit couldn't generate a pass rush, Aaron Rodgers had more time to move around and it kind of took a few broken plays, some almost sacks. He did get sacked a few times even, but deep heaves to Devontae Adams kind of save me throws. And I don't think that's going to fly moving on, but I digress. Uh, We'll kind of talk about the Lions real quick. The one saving grace for this Lions team is that TJ Hawkinson is still great. I think he's still going to be a a playable asset all year. He's going to be reliable. They they really don't have any other options. I mean, you look at this team, and they really don't. They don't have any other options. Swift made some plays, but even he didn't see the volume that he saw – in week one against the 49ers and you're having to rely on guys on the outside like Quintes Cephas and and Amon Ross St. Brown wasn't really doing much either you're you're kind of limited Cephas made some big plays he he had a touchdown but it's not still someone I would call reliable Goff isn't going to be consistent enough to to feel good about any of the receiving options on that team especially receiving options that you would prefer to have good quarterback play to elevate. So I'm still staying away. You know, people in, in some of my leagues are already picking up some of these Lions pass catchers, and, you know, good for you. I, I, I hope that you feel good about what you what you got, but I'm not playing these guys as far as the Packers goes, or as far as the Packers go. It It's hard to look worse than they did in week one. But Adams and Rodgers are, are good enough to cover their weaknesses. Aaron Jones looks like himself. He's still great. And Rodgers obviously loves to, to target him in the red zone. So a nice a nice four-touchdown day for Aaron Jones. That's Look, that's that's why some of his touchdown totals all year long are going to be artificially high. You're going to have these blow-up games. So you kind of live with it and move on. And something I want to kind of – I wrote this down while the game was kind of in motion. I was kind of diagnosing what was going on. But do you guys remember last year when the Bucks looked really rough for the first few games of the season and they kind of figured it out halfway through? I feel like that's how it's going to be for Rodgers. R E L A X. Relax. Even even though he had these great, you know, passing totals and he had, you know, touchdowns, Good fantasy day, but he's going to have a rougher road. He can't play Detroit every week. The next few weeks, he's, he has San Francisco on Sunday Night Football, and then he has Pittsburgh the week afterwards. So it it could be a while before we see this Aaron Rodgers again. It could be a, a few weeks. So maybe pump the brakes on these. Uh, look, you're not going to bench Aaron Jones. You're not going to bench Devontae Adams. But maybe think twice about starting Aaron Rodgers. I know you're going to be feeling great about this game, as you should, but maybe temper those expectations because I think you're going to be running into a bit of a buzzsaw. I don't think they have answers for all of the questions yet that are going to be coming on this team, that offensive line still has some questions. I want to see those fixed, and I think he's going to have a rough time finding those answers against those two tough defenses. Let's talk about my fantasy day, though, as we kind of get rolling past Monday night football, look, I, I took some L's for, look, I'm just going to come out and say it. Okay. I have no, no problem admitting it. I started Marquez Calloway and Michael Pittman was on my bench again. Look, he was playing against Jalen Ramsey and he go, what? He goes over a hundred yards. It's fine. It's fine. You know what? It's fine. Just don't ask me how I am. How are you? Not great, Bob. Okay, it's 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 one like it's one rough matchup and then you follow it up Callaway by getting gamed by JC Horn? Why? Why you were you just I put you in that lineup to produce. And Look, if you're with me and you started Marquez Calloway, you figured, okay, that's got to be the one-off. He's going to be the number one target in that offense. If you're thinking it gets better for him, think again. Okay, he faces New England, he faces the Giants, and he faces Washington in his next few games. Okay, this this isn't going to get much – look, I'm not saying that it can't happen. I'm not saying that he can't have you know, a game where he has a, a moderate target – Uh, total and some receptions and maybe a touchdown that can happen for any receiver but if you're asking me to take that bet against the Giants and the Redskins I'm gonna say no I'm not gonna put him in there again look Pittman may not have a quarterback next week worth worth starting but I'm I'm gonna put him in the game again over over Callaway at least he's getting target volume four four targets and you give what you give me eight yards what what are you doing Sorry, I, I digress. If you if you're if you're feeling the same way I am about Callaway on your your fantasy roster, I'm with you. Let's move on to keep the receipts. A little bit of a recap of what the segment is: we make projections, we make our big picks of the week every Thursday going into the week's game, and we pick a person from each position and. We'll kind of give a rundown of who picked what and who who wins and who loses on these projections. A caveat with our picks, you have to score, or the player has to score five points above their projected total, or it doesn't count as a win. So Travis, <laughs> Travis picked Jameis Winston, and if you've been paying attention to how that has gone, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. He put up a huge dud. Look, the passing volume is just not there for Jameis, and he was not efficient through a couple picks. Made I some mean, bad, bad decisions, and we are going to need to see that cleaned up. I mean, quick and in a hurry. Otherwise, this is going to get ugly for the Saints because they don't have. I just spent you know a minute or so. With a scathing review of Marquez Galloway, Jameis Winston doesn't have anyone to throw to. Look, I I apologize for those who listen to me and put Adam Troutman in your lineup. Good process, but he wasn't targeted at all. And Jameis Winston, if he's not going to be a game manager plus for this offense and be a net positive, I really struggle to see, especially with a banged up defense, how they're going to stay in games. Rough. For, so L for Travis on that one. My look, I picked. I talked about it last episode. I initially picked Daniel Jones, but it was we didn't get the episode out until after the Thursday night game. Daniel Jones would have been my pick. He was an, he was a W for me, but I can't really claim that W. Jared Goff was my pick after that. Jared didn't have a terrible fantasy game. I think if he didn't throw a pick late in the game, I think this would have still been a W. He ended up with 19 points and was projected at 16, so he still gave you above projection, probably not someone you had in your starting lineup, though. He looked decent in the first half and then just could not figure it out in the second half as more pressure was forming uh, for the Packers on the defensive side. They kind of figured him out. They started giving their starting linebackers a breather on the sidelines, and then they would bring him in on third down to pass rush, something that really ended up being a huge difference maker. Jared Goff, not a huge fantasy day, but I got to take the L on that one. My running back pick this week was Damian Harris. Didn't outperform his projection. He had 12.9 points, so probably didn't kill you playing against the Jets. Look, I took a swing on him. I thought because they're going to be in a positive game script that the the Patriots would have to score touchdowns, you know, on the ground, kill that clock because they would have the ball. Turns out I didn't account for the defense just absolutely annihilating Zach Wilson. I knew they were gonna be really tough. I know that Bill Belichick always has his way with rookie quarterbacks, but Damian Harris looked just okay. You know, he was he he had a decent game. Um Travis's pick though, Javante Williams. You know, he didn't produce passes projection either. So we're both taking L's on this. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars just didn't need to kick it into overdrive against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Javante Williams, look, he still showed his burst. He still had a nice game, but still only 7.9 points in a half PPR league. That's an L for Travis. Uh, Marquez Callaway was Travis's wide receiver pick. We already know how that ended. Unfortunately, my upside pick uh, put up a bagel for, it was Anthony Schwartz. Look, even with Odell out, even with Jarvis Landry leaving with an injury early in the game, Schwartz couldn't put anything together. There was a long pass that was missed, um, and Schwartz just couldn't get in sync with Baker, and look, I don't know who's going to be the number one target. If Odell comes back, obviously I think it'll be him, but that number two, you know, assuming that Landry will be out. I think they're calling it an MCL injury. I, It's a toss-up for me between Schwartz and Peoples-Jones. Or is it going to be Rashard Higgins? Who knows? But that number two option, I like Schwartz. I think they like Schwartz. He's a field stretcher. He offers something that I don't think anyone else in that offense does, and that's the game-breaking speed, but just couldn't connect on this game against the Texans. And I took the L on this one. Tight ends, though. Fant came close. He outdid his projection, but again, caveat has to be here. Five points over the projection is a win. Me and Travis both took L's here. He had Goddard. I had Fant. Both guys failed to produce. Look, Goddard had a rough, rough day in that offense uh, against the 49ers. Just could not get anything going. That was a slugfest all-game defensive side of the ball prevailing each side. Just if you love a defensive battle, boy, was that game for you. Noah Fant, though, like I said, uh, outdid his projection. Still didn't outdo our segment. So we both take L's. Lots of L's on the board. I don't think any of us took a W. And let look, I might, I might just sneak myself in and give myself Daniel Jones. But L's across the board for everyone. Hopefully we improve. Rolling right along to, into the injuries of the week. Just a flesh wound. Jarvis Landry, as we just talked about. Tua was knocked out early in his game against the Bills. That was a route, 35-0. Jacoby Brissett came in, and the offense just wasn't the same. It was rough because Waddle was having a nice game, but Brissett comes in and everything comes to a halt. Dalvin Cook, look, I don't know what the deal is with Dalvin Cook every single year. I've had him on many, many a roster, but it seems like there are four or five games each year where he seems to go down with a season-ending injury. And the, the announcers do not help in talking about these injuries. It's always, oh, and Dalvin is down on the field. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, he's down. And it's just like, what, what did I miss? Like, I'm over here cooking macaroni and just trying to, to have myself a life. And then I hear on the TV that Dalvin Cook is down. And, oh, my goodness, oh, the, the carnage. And then he limps off or they carry him off. And then he's back in three plays later. So, I don't – look, I – I'm sorry for the the roller coaster ride. It is. I don't know if they just tell him that, hey, you do so much good for the fantasy community. You got to add a little bit of drama. But my goodness, the guy is just a beast. So I'm still counting on him. But, again, nicked up and beat up Dalvin Cook early in the season. Look, you get what you pay for. Deontay Johnson, man. Last play of the game. The very last play of the game. And it's not like it, it could have been like a Hail Mary, a hook and lateral, you know, Kind of, we could win the game if this play happens. No, they were down by nine points. The game was never going. They weren't going to win. Deontay Johnson hit out of bounds and injures his knee. You can see him kind of grimace as he as he's he's holding his knee. And man, I just look. I've got Deontay in in a few leagues, but I'm sure the people who are out there who can't watch every single game that see that, and you already know his. Look, you, he already has all the fantasy points that he's going to give you at that point. That play has no value, and your pseudo number one wide receiver. I just—it makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. Why would you? Why? Why would you give him unneeded touches? It's just stupid coaching. Stupid coaching. Whatever. Whatever you want to call it, we'll move on. But Deontay Johnson, man, he didn't deserve that. I hope it's nothing serious. It didn't look to be serious. I think the reports have already come out that he's okay. But still, that's not what you want to do. No, you don't need extra exposure. For what it's worth, Russell Gage was injured, didn't come back. Andy Dalton, that one's a big one we could talk about here in a little bit. Andy Dalton coming out of the game. Justin Fields finishing. Didn't look incredible, but you know we'll, uh, we'll kind of diagnose that one later. Michael Pittman um, is fine. I don't know why I put him on the injury list, but he's fine. Um, he might have gotten nicked up in the game, but Tyrod Taylor did not return. Uh, Davis Mills came in the third round pick of the texans quarterback rookie look he made some okay throws but boy if tyrod doesn't play that an already woeful houston texans team just it gets so much worse i i think that they're really going to struggle they were already not great but tyrod was at least making some plays and you know what he was showing that veteran leadership i i feel bad for the guy because every time something right happens for tyrod you just something seems to pop up someone stabs him with a needle or they cut him after a playoff appearance like whatever poor guy I feel for him I hope him I hope nothing but health uh, the round it out the San Francisco backfield is a mess oh man for those people like all the sermon truthers out there who were thinking this you know this is actually his backfield he wasn't in because it's special teams and he is gonna be that guy and then the first quarter goes the second quarter goes on. The, there hasn't been a touch, and then he finally enters the game and then is knocked out of the game, has a concussion. Who knows when he's going to be returning? Hasty is out. They bring in guys that you don't really see much. They they bring in Duke Johnson. They bring in Lamar Miller. Like when Look, I'll tell you when you need to panic. It's when your backfield starts to bring in Lamar Miller. I, I wish him nothing but the best, but the dude is three years past relevance and you just don't, you hate to see it. (sighs) Ugh, that was, that that took a lot. That took a lot. Uh, A lot of relevant injuries. Now onto a new segment. Is this the real life?
1: Is this just fantasy?
0: Is this real life or is this just fantasy? Some guys that have been producing, but the question is, is it sustainable? Look, First guy on my mind, it's it's Tony Pollard. Okay, the guy looked electric. This is a guy that I'm sure a lot of people are talking about. You know, he's not, you know, breaking onto the scene like Elijah Mitchell. But he did have 109 rushing yards on 13 carries last week, and he added 31 yards receiving. Oh, yeah. And he threw in a touchdown as well. Not to mention, he's the more explosive back just taking looking at the eye test. Zeke isn't washed. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Zeke isn't going away. But right now, Tony Pollard is set in stone to me as the 1B. And I think the Dallas Cowboys would be insane to look away from this guy showing what he can. Look, he's had games similar to this in the past. He's had these pop-up blip games before. But I don't think this is an aberration. I think that this is going to be a consistent theme, especially with the added game that the Dallas Cowboys have admitted is a factor in their load management for Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke hasn't looked terrible, but this is a high powered offense and just as they can support more than one starting wide receiver, I think this is going to be a team that can also sustain Tony Pollard and Zeke. And look, If I'm calling my shot on someone, I think it's only a matter of time now before Pollard takes over. Maybe not right in this instant, but right now he's at least fantasy relevant. You can flex him. I still think by the end of this year, we could be coming more of a 55-45 split in favor of Tony Pollard. Call me crazy, but if he continuously looks like the better back, you can only deny that guy touches so long. That's where I'll leave it. KJ Osborne, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Is it real life or is it fantasy for him? Look, I think it's real life. Um, They're still running 11 personnel at a lower rate than a lot of the teams um, in the NFL. But he's getting targets through two games. He has 15 targets. And with with that offense and the way they're going to be moving the ball – I think he has some relevance. Look, he he's not just a deep threat, you know, throw it off your, you know, your back foot, Hail Mary kind of guy that beats a cornerback every once in a while. They're throwing it to him, you know, 10 yards, 5 yards. They're hitting him in all quadrants of the field. They like getting him involved. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to take over Adam Thielen's job, but I think it makes things a little bit more complicated for them in this offense because they don't have a tight end of consequence. They don't have a you know a favorite target of of Kirk Cousins and Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph. They've got KJ Osborne, and I think they're going to stick with this. I think this is going to be a constant rolling theme for the Vikings. And call me crazy, but I think KJ Osborne has shown some plays where he looks reliable. I think that that trend should continue. I think you can still. At least take look in, in the place where you had Marquez Callaway, put KJ Osborne in, okay, better quarterback play, look better better offense in my opinion, just just put him in, okay, do yourselves a favor, Marquise Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown now, okay, I was wrong, I was wrong on Hollywood Brown, I told people not to start him this week, I look, I don't know what I was thinking, I'm I thought there's you know he's coming off of being banged up. He's always it always feels like he's banged up. I'm going to take the L on this one. He looked shockingly explosive. Uh not that he's not an explosive athlete, but man, the dude was getting open. He was being targeted. He had 10 targets. He went over 100 yards. He ha- he has had a touchdown in two or now both games that they've played. This could be interesting. Look, if there if there's someone that is in your league that you can at this point, I'm okay buying high. Cause you know what? You might be able to still talk him into look. Yeah, but these are going to be, you know, aberration games. I'm sorry for using that word twice already, but this could be a game where, you know, he might not have it. Hopefully they're not looking at the schedule. You can get him right now because if they're not looking and they won't see that they're playing Detroit and Marquise Brown is probably going to have another really good game. I like him um, because right now they're kind of devoid of any other passing options. And I don't believe in Sammy Watkins being consistent ever. So as long as he's healthy, I say run him out there. He is a solid wide receiver too. And w- what's it going to hurt? That offense seems that like Lamar Jackson is just going to will it into the end zone each and every series. So I'm here for it. I, I like it. Let's move on to Things That Bounce. LAX, every week I bounce back. real one, you know how to bounce back. nobody, All right, our weekly segment. This, this is one of my favorite segments that we're going to be doing. It's guys that I think are going to bounce back this week after a lackluster performance. Guys that I predicted last week, Aaron Jones... Julio Jones both had decent games Aaron Jones obviously blowing up this week my other pick Ronald Jones did not bat, bounce back much to the chagrin of Travis look Ronald look I, I hope he figures it out he's been a big guy for Travis I'm sure Travis would talk about how he still believes in him and look I don't I don't see it but I'll I'll bring that up when Travis is back next week. Look, my first bounce-back player, and I, I do think he's going to bounce back, is Clyde Edwards Elaire You were the chosen one! And the reason why... <laughs> the reason why is because, one, the offense, okay? that's That That feels like a cop-out, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But, look, he didn't have a target in that game against the, the Ravens. And that's the first time in his career that that's happened, that he didn't have a target. And... So I don't necessarily think it's likely that it doesn't happen again. And look, they're facing the Chargers divisional matchup. I do think that Andy Reid is going to want to get him involved in the game plan. It may be just a matter of rust. Look, he didn't look particularly explosive last week, uh, you know, this week versus the Ravens. And so I know I'm kind of taking a little bit of a risk here, but I got to believe that they're going to get him involved. This is still Andy Reid's guy. He He just hasn't been given a ton of opportunity so i'm i'm gonna hold on for one more week i'm not gonna panic yet I'm, I'm gonna give it one more week to hit the panic button but i do think he bounces back against the chargers divisional matchup they'll get up for this game they want to prove a point after losing to the ravens i think that's one that we can really hold on to so keep your eye on this one the next bounce back guy i think is going to have a good week we just talked about the matchup mark Andrews. Look rough start to the season he has eight receptions for 77 yards even with a passing offense like this that doesn't really the offense doesn't really revolve around the pass. he he was traditionally the number one target on this offense so yeah i I was a little bit worried coming in especially with the price that you're having to pay for a guy like andrews he hasn't produced like it but like i said they're facing the detroit lions And coming off of a huge victory over the Chiefs. And I just got done watching the Lions give a pretty productive day to Robert Tunyon. I don't think they have the the personnel necessary to cover Mark Andrews. I think this is also also another guy that they're going to want to get involved. And look, everything being what it is, I expect the Ravens to go on an all-expenses-paid vacation to the red zone this week at the expense of the Detroit Lions. Uh, I know that that's where Mark Andrews likes to live. That's where he typically does his best work. So don't panic yet. Mark Andrews, having a bounce-back game this week against the Lions, you can bank on it. Another thing that I think I feel pretty comfortable in banking on is a theory that I call the squeaky wheel theory, which is 100% the case for Kenny Galladay. He is... You know, now that infamous clip of him yelling at Daniel Jones and the whole offense and him just being generally frustrated. Look, he had eight targets last week. That's not nothing, but he gets a nice positive matchup against the Atlanta Falcons and their porous defense. For me, this is a smash game for the offense. I think that Saquon is also going to have a nice game. I feel like it's also a cop-out to include him in this segment. But if you feel it, do it. Saquon, this is going to be his breakout game. If there is any window to buy Saquon low, if that is still a lingering thought in the minds of the owners of Saquon, please go buy him because this is a comfortable game for that offense and it should be easier for Daniel Jones to move the ball. I also think that Kenny G knows that he has 72 million reasons why he should be getting the ball So I expect a big game coming for him. I feel comfortable starting him in my lineup. Let's talk about some things that don't bounce. This is life alert. Are you okay? I've fallen and I can't get up. Last week, I predicted Saquon Barkley wouldn't really bounce back. He had a nice 69 yards. My next one was James Robinson. He ended up with 54 yards. And Mike Davis having 16 opportunities but only turning in 45 yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's going to be a, a typical theme. Facing the Buccaneers this season is running the ball is going to be very difficult for them, for any team facing them. But ironically enough, the, none of the players that I bring up, brought up this week are facing the Buccaneers. Look, one of them is facing the Raiders, and that's Miles Gaskin. He had a just a dreadful game. Against the Bills, it was a 35 to nothing blowout. And like I said, Tua is out. Or if he is out for this next game, I don't trust this offense to be able to move the ball at all. You know, they're facing the Raiders at home. The Raiders have looked pretty stout on defense. And look, even if they're dump-off passes, I don't expect this offense to be able to get into the red zone consistently. This would have to be a game where the defense is having to turn... Or cause turnovers and not impossible, but if Tua is out, I don't trust Brissett to be able to put them into position consistently enough for Miles Gaskin to produce the way that you expect him to. For me, he's just he's barely a flex play. I'm probably going to keep him out. David Montgomery is my next guy who will not bounce this week. Look, I do love Mesa Montgomery. I think he has looked better than he has in the past. But, look, let's let's be honest about some things. Andy Dalton's not leading this offense. Some would say that's a positive. Oh, look, I Look, I love Justin Fields. I think he's going to be great. I really do believe that, but not this game. Not against Cleveland. Not in Cleveland. Especially with a, an offensive line that's kind of patchwork right now. Monty's not able to get those running lanes he needs to be productive and look I expect this to be a low scoring affair I still think the Bears defense is going to keep them in this game I don't trust the Bears offense to be able to move the ball Justin Fields played at the end of the game he finished the game look he I I just don't think that he's there as frustrating that is as frustrating as that is for me being a Bears fan I could be a fantasy realist and a football realist in general look it looks like he's second guessing a lot of his throws. He's taking his time on his windup. He threw a rough pick and against a uh, Cleveland Browns defense that has names and has top notch players all over the field. I don't think there's a positive matchup. I think they're going to be having to throw it a lot. Monty, I don't think you're having a great game this week and neither is Corey Davis. Uh, He had a brutal, brutal matchup in week two against the New England Patriots. Look, it's no secret that Corey Davis is really the only weapon of note on this offense. Any casual fan probably doesn't really know much more than that. But Corey Davis being that weapon, it, it almost seemed laughable that... He would be game-planned out of the game by Bill Belichick. We know that he likes to take away your number one weapon and you figure out how else to play. Corey Davis out-targeted by Elijah Moore last week, and I don't think it's going to get any better, um, mostly because they're facing a, a much more – in my opinion, it might be a much better defense in, you know, in the Broncos this week, and I'm not 100% certain – that Zach Wilson has figured out which color jersey his team wears. So, I'm I'm not banking on the rookie. Not that you're gonna put him in your fantasy lineup anyway, but especially not in this game. Not not with that defense. Not with the game script. You you might be getting some garbage time touchdown or uh receptions from Corey Davis, but I don't expect a high productive game for an offense that looks just lost. Right now, so sit Corey Davis, feel good about it. He can join Marquez Galloway on your bench. No apologies here. We get we did it, guys. We did it. Look, it, it might be a shorter episode than normal. I'm kinda talking to myself. I've got my dog right here. But thank you for joining me here. That's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 18. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Losing.